And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. Welcome to the Financial Fitness Friday edition of The Real Investment Show. I'm Danny Ratliff here with John Penn. Thank you guys for joining us. What a crazy day yesterday in the markets. I mean, yesterday we opened, John, we were in our investment committee meeting talking about, uh, you know, what's going on. Futures were pointing down. Um, CPI comes out a little bit stronger than expected, Mm -hmm. but nonetheless, not too, too bad. I think that this inflation has been a little bit more persistent than most have have thought. And, you know, we actually were up, actually, excuse me, we're up first thing in the morning, then down right after the report. And then, you know, about 11 o'clock comes around. And wow, what a day. You know, we have been down uh, last several days. In fact, it's been like 14 of 18 days that we've been down, something of that sort. So um, markets have been quite a bit oversold. A reflexive rally was was nice. And man, there's got to be a lot of quantitative trading here. The quants have gone nuts. I mean, we're seeing a lot of swings in, in from one direction to the next. And, you know, what happens next, I think, is what everybody on everybody's mind. Currently, futures are slightly down, a um, little bit mixed at the moment. 10-year popped over 4%, uh, back down below 39 at the moment. And so a lot of volatility. Um, consumer uh, sentiment comes out today, University of Mich- Michigan survey. And I'm going to expect it's not going to be great. Um, I, I don't know how you guys are feeling out there, but, I, you know, getting the pulse of a lot of people, it, it hasn't been fantastic. And, you know, the interesting thing about the inflationary pressure here is that there's so many people who are making changes, yet – we just haven't seen inflation come down quite yet. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of people are, are making changes at home as far as what they can do just to kind of help watch their watch their budget, watch the wallet. What are some things that they can do to control their own costs? Just yep. changing shopping habits. You know, I know with us at home, hey, hey, it's leftover night. Let's eat these leftovers. Let's not let them go to waste because, you know, I don't know about you, Danny. Every time we go to the grocery store, I look at our bill and it's like, man. Hey, we're not letting this go to waste. Oh, it's one of our largest expenses. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And so, you know, there's a lot of good tips that John's going to share today with you on that. I mean, there's a lot to get into today. Social Security did come out with their cost mm-hmm. of living adjustment. We heard from Medicare about a week or two ago as far as what that looks like from a Medicare premium uh, actually going down. But what does that really mean, especially after the big spike last year? Um, and then, you know, what else can you do at the moment that, can really help as far as the overall big picture. And, and I think that's the tough part, right? Not knowing what to do in this type of environment. You know, hearing from a lot of people are saying, hey, we just want to get all the way out. Or um, maybe your advisor hasn't done anything. And we hear a lot of those stories mm-hmm. as well. And so we're going to get into a little bit about what should an advisor do? What should you expect? And then what are you paying for? Because this is something that I see that there's there's a lot of differences amongst different types of firms. And we need to make sure that you understand exactly what you're getting and what type of services and advice you get for those costs. So we're going to talk about a little bit about that. Earnings season's getting kicked off. Banks so far are looking good. Um, I'm not sure if it's the uh, the beats that we want. But, you know, J.P. Morgan just announced earnings. They did uh, beat expectations on interest income. Um, Wells Fargo's beat this morning. United Health is going to announce this morning as well, uh, as well as a number of other financials. And so financials are typically a bellwether, but it's always interesting to me to see what does that forward guidance look like? Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to be anxious to get in these reports and see exactly what happens here. And, you know, I can't 
imagine that for many of them, it's, it's real pretty. Now, historically, financials do well in rising rate environments, but what do those actual profit margins look like at the moment? And, and that's something that I think everybody's going to keep their eyes on. Uh, and it could be, too, that maybe that forward guidance is less bad than what the market expects. So well, if the news isn't as bad, it's less worse. Yeah. Is that actually good news? Right. Well, yeah. Bad news, really good news. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you remember back years ago, I mean, especially during the financial crisis, we saw a lot of that. And it's something that we're seeing now, you know, and then you get the information. OK, we're in a recession, but it's not going to be as bad. Or, you know, I love the uh, the verbiage of we're, we're going to have a soft landing. Well, listen, NASDAQ down 30 is not very soft. You know, S&P down 23. Um, that's not exactly great. Markets have been down for the last month about 6%. You know, so we're seeing this ebb and flow. We have been extremely overdone here. We do think we'll likely see some type of short-term rally. And, you know, for, for us, we're looking for options to, to probably sell into mm -hmm. is what our expectations are. So reduce exposure a little bit. We don't think this is quite done. But we also don't want to just, you know, go hide in a bunker with everything because we know that's not the answer either. And so be cautious when you're making these moves, make sure it's not rash, look at your financial plan, understand where you are and what your financial partners are doing. And I think that's a really important aspect of, of understanding the overall big picture because, you know, we could have made an argument many times, you know, like Lance always says, we can paint a picture of a very bullish argument right now. Um, we can also paint one that doesn't look so hot or and something probably in the middle. Now, I, I don't know how bullish we have right now. Short term, I think we can we can make some arguments. Um, but that's why we don't ever want to get all the way out because the time we start to rationalize markets, that's when you get in trouble a lot of times. Well, that's when the market's going to take off and all of a sudden you're having to play catch up, right? Yeah. So, so to your point, Andy, you want we you know, you want to have enough exposure to the market where if there is strength, like look at look at a day like yesterday. We opened up, you know, you know, after the pre-market, we opened down, what, 300 points, and by the end of the day, we are up several hundred points by the end of the day. So we want to have enough equity exposure where we can at least participate, but at the same time, to your point, Danny, we'll use some opportunities if, you know, if there's some market strength here to raise more cash, just to position portfolios to be more conservative overall. So, so to your point, we don't want to completely miss any sort of market strength. So it, it, there is a balance to it. Well, and it is that, that balance because the market will likely run up prior to finding out that we're out of this recession, just like it went down prior to finding out that we were in this. So, you know, we keep getting lots of different data that's coming in. I do believe that sometimes it is a self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense that, you know, we're all going to start making changes if you have not already. And I think many, many households have. And I think that's something that that will likely continue. Um, as you see, financial institutions do the exact same thing. You know, Nike has, um, you know, they, they had big sales. We've talked about Amazon. They did an additional prime, two mm -hmm. prime days mm -hmm. here recently. Um, they're trying to reduce inventories. That's another thing that's actually coming out today. So retail sales will come out this morning. And then business inventories will come out. As we near towards the end of the year, you know, we saw so such a shortfall during the pandemic that these corporations, they got their hands on anything that they could, thinking that, you know, the stimulus was going to continue Lots of people would continue to spend money. And that just hasn't been the case with this environment with the ultra high interest rates and ultra high inflation. It's pricing lots of people out. So there's a lot of changes that have been made. So now they're trying to find ways to switch gears. Uh, Nike thinks that a lot of other retailers are going to be doing the exact same thing here in the near future. We've already heard from Target, from other corporations. I think that's likely going to continue as we progress through this and we continue to see higher interest rates. You know, the Fed's still set to hike. You know, what, what, you know, I think futures are showing now another 75 basis points three times. Mm -hmm. This CPI number doesn't give them much ammunition to back off. 
I think it just probably solidifies the path forward as far as what the expectations are. Now, what interest rates have actually done is they have ran so far in front of this already that that doesn't mean that we're going to likely see interest rates really shoot up. Because remember, we're talking about Fed funds rates, short-term yields. Um, now, yield curve still significantly inverted. You know, two-year hit four and a half yesterday. I mean, that is substantial. So we'll see how this plays out. We're going to keep you posted here. Hey, if you have not already, go to realinvestmentadvice.com. Go sign up for Lance Roberts' newsletter. Lots of great information to keep you grounded and understand exactly what's going on in this type of market. Uh, we'll be right back after this break. Got a lot of information to get to. daily investment news you can use delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com let's go girls what do women want when it comes to finances join richard rosso and danny ratliff for a special ladies edition lunch and learn what women need from social security thursday october 20th at noon get the most out of your social security benefits register now at realinvestmentadvice.com for our next ladies lunch and learn what women need from social security thursday October 20th at noon with Ratliff and Rosso, realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. Welcome back to The Real Investment Show. I'm Danny Ratliff here with John Penn. So lots of stuff going on today. Waiting for more earnings reports here coming out. But, you know, big topics, big news, inflation. Brent, did you know the cost of Halloween inflation? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it was hitting you with the candy corn? Yeah, I know it's your favorite. The candy corn, the chocolate, everything. So costs are actually up by 14%. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought this was interesting, the methodology that they looked at this to and, and what they actually look for. The important things of Halloween, candy, pumpkins, beer, and liquor. And cookies. Don't forget cookies. There's some Halloween cookies in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't that doesn't seem very that. Halloweenish to me, though. No, I think no. the candy corn, M&Ms, the good stuff. Yeah. The, the biggest inflation I see around Halloween is around my middle. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just goes for the rest of the holiday season, yeah, right? Yeah. But they also looked at movie streaming and video rentals. So yeah. I know there's a, a lot of people, you know, in our kind of our age group with kids there they seem to be having parties to watch halloween movies and get get the party started so to speak i guess yeah, a lot of a lot of front yard movies going on right now with the weather being a little bit cooler around town um all i know is i know last year for halloween i think we gave out over 700 pieces of candy what that was a lot we went through a lot of candy last year they so must i want to truck people into your man and, and it was like one after it was just in the droves and so you know this year i'm looking at this going well if, if costs are up about 14 percent, here's what i'm going to do now gonna, it's only going to be 500 pieces of candy. That's right. I'm just going to buy one big bag of M&Ms, and each of you get one M&M. Just hold your hands out, and if I like your costume, I'll give you two. 
Hey, perfect. Yeah, hey, think, John, we're going to be putting his address on the YouTube channel yeah, here in a bit. I think so I'll be, go by, I get think, there early. He usually gets full candy bars. Yeah, I think I'll be kicked out of the neighborhood. Get it while it's still daylight. Yeah. Yeah. But so, you know, talking about inflation, inflation is doing some some really rather, you know, bad things to a lot of households. And, you know, we're all dealing with it in different ways. But, you know, what we're finding right now, some new studies are showing that Americans are delaying retirement at the moment in, in really astonishing numbers. And so when we we think about what the overall impact of that is, I mean, John, you and I visit with lots of different people. Mm -hmm. um, I have a lot of clients who have retired and have gone back to work. And, you know, maybe not not out of necessity, but, you know, saying, hey, you know what? Everything just gets more expensive, a little bit bored, feel like I want to, you know, add some value in other areas. But, you know, this study shows that more than a third of Americans feel unprepared or unsure if they are on track for retirement. Um, and a nearly another third of seniors say they plan to work through at least age 70 or never retire, according to a different study by BlackRock. So... Think about that, John. And the, the average retirement age is still the same. You know, most people think they're going to retire at 65, mm -hmm. yet they retire at about 62, 63. And, and usually it's because of a health issue. And it may not be your own health. It may be a loved one's. Or, um, you know, there's, there's been, uh, you know, let layoffs. There's been other issues that people have to deal with. And so it doesn't always go as we plan. So that's rather concerning that, a third of Americans that are retirement age think they're going to work till 70 or never retire. Yeah, I, I visited with a, with a couple last week, and actually the husband just, you know, assumed that he was going to work and retire up until age 85. And, you know, he's got longevity in his family, and right now he's in really good health. And yeah. so, I mean, and, and you never know. And I mean, look, there, there, are a, there are a few of you guys out there that can do that. Correct. But that's not everybody. Right, right. But, but to your point, Danny, a lot of folks that, you know, that I've been visiting with lately too, it's, Hey, you know what, John? I, I can retire, but I don't really know if I want to yet. I just yeah. really, I really just want to remain active, and you know, act, you know, and I really just want to have that sense of purpose. I want to remain active, and I want to be involved in the community. And plus, too, would be nice. Hey, I may not earn the income that I'm used to earning because I'll be working reduced hours according to my own schedule, or maybe I'm going to consult. But at least I have some income coming in, where I don't have to completely just start relying on the portfolio at this point, too, right? Yeah, I mean, if you can delay that, you can wait on Social Security, um, have that income coming in. I think that's really beneficial. And, you know, one of the things that we see often as well is the health care costs are so expensive. Mm -hmm. If you retire prior to 65, so many people are saying, look, I'm going to wait till 65 or I'm just going to continue going. And, you know, we look at the average portfolio size for retirement accounts. It, it doesn't give you a whole lot of confidence that you want to go out and retire. Yeah, and, and that number's different for everybody. I mean, I know there there are folks that where you may look at their retirement balance and you and but their expenses are so reasonable and they they live very well underneath their means that so they don't you know they're not traveling traveling extra, you know, extravagantly what have you. You know, and they can make it work. And then there are others where you look at their portfolio balance and it's like, hey, you know what? You know, you really need to control your spending a little bit more here for this to last. Yeah, that's right. And so when you talk about the, that 65 plus, mm -hmm. according to Vanguard, the average account is 280,000, uh, but the median is 87,000. Right. And so, you know, those numbers are skewed substantially by those larger accounts. And, you know, I know most of you guys out there probably, you know, you're doing well, you're saving, you're, you're doing all the things that you should be doing. But it's difficult right now. I mean, and one thing I think we see is that, you know, if you're on the, sh the lower end of that, you know, a lot of people we visited with are saying, hey, I've got to get 
ultra aggressive here to make up for lost time. And obviously, if you've done that and then you stepped into 2022, that was a pretty, pretty tough timing, mm -hmm. right? Not the best decision. And so that's why we always advocate for uh, looking at it a little bit differently. You know, how much could you afford to lose versus, you know, how much could you gain? And what does that actually do longer term? I know if you start putting it and you monetize those numbers and you say, OK, well, or even just percentage wise, what does this mean for me if I make an additional 10 percent? But what does it mean if I lose an additional 10%? That can be devastating when you start putting those numbers together, especially if you're already behind the eight ball here, and which we're seeing that it's happening quite frequently. I mean, if you look at these numbers, it certainly suggests that. So, you know, talking about, you know, what are some of the things that you're seeing people do, not just work longer, but finding other ways to, to make income, um, you know, side gigs. We've seen a little bit of that mm -hmm. or, or quite a bit of that. But, you know, the inflation pressure, it's like they get one guy in this this study uh, they interviewed. He said, "Look, I like steak every now and again, but I can't afford to do it anymore." So, what are people doing to to make these things uh, just this time a little bit easier? Yeah, well, I think just you know, I, I know so many more folks now, and I hate to say this, but you know, uh, and I'm we're doing this too. That's what I meant to say is, hey man, we're we're looking for coupons. We're clipping coupons too, just yeah. for, to find deals. And I know we we shop at one of the local grocery stores right down the street from us where. Every time we buy groceries, we get gas points. Huge. I mean, where I can save 50 cents, 70 cents. One day I saved a dollar a gallon. That was, you know, to me, I was you know, almost dancing in the streets. I don't dance very well. And I went home and I said, hey, I got the, I had a, I told my wife, I said, hey, I received a dollar off my gas uh, at the pump today. And she was like, well, I wanted to use that. She well, got sorry, mad I, at you. She got mad at me and I was the one who got there first. So, uh, but yeah, we just, just anything that we can do yeah. just to help just kind of control those expenses that really just tend to add up over time. Well, that, that's right. And so, you know, finding those ways and there's a lot of places like grocery stores that also will allow you to use those points. In fact, you know, Shell will allow you to use Kroger points mm -hmm. here in Houston, which is kind of nice. So that's probably who you were referring to, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah, or, we shop at Kroger you know, down the street. Yeah. Hey, lots of people at Costco. Costco's yeah. had great numbers. They're, they're actually been, uh, I think their numbers, they're up 8% year over year, eight and a half. So people are deciding, okay, we're either going to cut back on what we're buying or they're buying in bulk. Right. Um, and, you know, I've also seen, you know, studies are sh and reports are showing that people, you know, that you like vegetables. Well, you know what? Maybe you don't get the fresh stuff. You go get frozen, um, make it last a little bit longer. Um, you know, this just it's it's hitting everybody in different ways, especially now we're seeing utility costs go through the roof. I'm not sure about you, but uh, electric bills this summer have just been brutal. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, my my wife likes the house really cold during the day, like like hanging meat cold. And so when if I'm working from home and if she goes to her office, I can push the air up a little bit. Don't get me wrong. I like a cool house, yeah, too, yeah, of course. but not meat hanging cold. But uh, so just just the controlling the thermostat here a little bit. And now that we're getting in, when we get into some cooler weather or when we get into our quote unquote winter here in Houston, I, I rarely turn on the heat uh, it, oh, yeah. just enough yeah. just to get the chill out of the house. But that way, it just keeps your heating expense down. Our, our heater rarely runs in the wintertime. Yeah. We like to hang meat. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's the same thing here. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like, now the air, when it's been, you know, high 60s, low 70s, that the air doesn't kick on. And so it feels like, oh, wait a second, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, it's kind of stale in here, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but all those little things help. So uh, yeah, like like you, Brent. Uh, you know, we we rarely turn the heat on at all. I do at least during the winter just to help keep that keep that cost down. And I've even noticed that too, that our our children, our, even our girls, our our daughters are twenty and twenty two. They're becoming much more aware of what they're spending, and just paying attention to what they're paying at the pump. And when they go out to spend, you know, if they go to the grocery store, they're buying not necessarily the high end brand, but they're buying they're buying more of the generic. To save on bottom line, to save on the bottom line too. Yeah, and we've seen a lot of uh, these these bigger corporations like Procter and Gamble. They said, "Hey, listen, I mean, we're noticing people like you said clipping coupons. Mm-hmm. They're going out and they're they're reducing what they're spending money on, and or just changing habits altogether. But also the generic brands, the off brands, those are actually really starting to you know become mm-hmm. a little bit more in vogue. So you know, it's always interesting going to the grocery store, seeing what people have in their cart. <laughs> <laughs> because now it's less and less and less. It used to be you could go and like now so one bag's like a hundred bucks. Nosy. Hey. Hey, so what you got in your cart over there? Oh. Are you gonna eat all that? Well, I always just like to think like what what are people doing differently maybe that I'm not looking at? And you know, what you know, number one, I mean, hey, what are you cooking over there? Uh, <laughs> what time should we drop by? Yeah, that's right. That's right. But but the same token, you, you get a pretty good idea as far as you know, okay, maybe some deals, and and then you can also see maybe if you notice any trends. You know, I know Rich loves to go to restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. And but he likes to go sit and listen to people, and like okay, to listen to those conversations, especially at a time like this, because you really get a a really good feeling for you know, what people are thinking about, what they're talking about at, at a dinner table, especially after maybe a drink or two. And they're saying, hey, um, you know, where, where things are going. And you also, you, you can learn quite a bit just by listening. And mm-hmm. so we always like that. But hey, when we get back, we're talking a little bit about Social Security, Medicare, what you can expect here in 2023. Uh, is it good? Is it bad? We'll let you know. We'll be right back after this quick break. Thanks for listening to Real Investment Show. advice blog it's required reading for the informed investor catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com let's go girls what do women want when it comes to finances join richard rosso and danny ratliff for a special ladies edition lunch and learn what women need from social security thursday october 20th at noon get the most out of your social security benefits register now at realinvestmentadvice.com for our next ladies lunch and learn what women need from social security Thursday, October 20th at noon with Ratliff and Rosso, realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. Welcome back to The Real Investment Show. I'm Danny Ratliff here with John Penn, Certified Financial Planners. So, Social Security, good news. If you're a Social Security recipient, cost of living adjustment is actually going to increase by 8.7% in 2023, which is pretty, 
pretty nice considering the inflation that we've had mm -hmm. last year and it went up by 5.9 percent so getting a little bit of bump but you also last year had a 14 percent increase in your medicare premium Woohoo! this is actually the largest jump since 1981 that we've seen in this and really over the last you know from 2010 to 2020 we only saw a cola adjustment of 1.7 percent granted inflation was rather benign at that that stage and which we see is not the case right now. And so this is uh, the fourth largest increase since they've started doing automatic adjustments back in 1975. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's about an average increase of about $140 uh, per month uh, as far, if you're already receiving Social Security, about, about another $140 extra a month that you can start to expect to receive in January. Uh, so to your point, Danny, every little bit helps there. Um, if you want to see what your specific increase will be, what that will look like, um, you can actually go to the Social Security Administration's website and you can create uh, what I think is a great tool. It's a great account. It's complimentary. It's called a My Social Security account. And uh, when you log into that, you can pull, you can download all of your Social Security statements. You can see all your credits. You can, you can look at what your benefits will be if you haven't started taking Social Security yet. But as long as you, if you don't have a My Social Security account set up yet, if you set it up by the 15th of November, then in December, you'll be able to see what that increase to your benefit is starting next year from that recent cost of living adjustment announcement. That's right. Just bring some patience and some time right. because um, it does take an act of Congress to get in and they're going to mail you um, your your password or, you know, to get into the account. So it does take a minute to get into it. But, you know, this is really important because, you know, we look at the stats and the studies. I mean, right now, this is going to increase the average Social Security uh, benefit to $1,827, which, you know, you may think, well, that's not a lot. But, you know, half the half Americans who are retired right now are utilizing that for 50% of their income. And a quarter percent of those retired, a quarter of the people, are using it for 90%. Mm -hmm. So this is a big, big deal. And, and I, you know, every year we get a lot of, you know, questions about Social Security. So we are doing the Social Security for women. Everybody can attend. Um, you know, this is just making sure that you understand benefits in, in, in so many different ways and how it impacts you and your family. And so we're going to, to gear this towards you guys during this event. But go to realinvestmentadvice.com, sign up. Uh, we're going to get in the weeds on some of these, answer any questions you have. You can also go to realinvestmentadvice.com and ask questions now. We'll make sure that we, we address those during the event. But this is super important when you start thinking about the numbers and you know how many people are relying on this. And so the questions we get frequently are, well, Social Security is going away. Mm. And, and you know, Lance and Rich and I always get arguments over this. And, and you know, Lance, you know, he, he wants to use math, and that's fine. But you also have to look at you know, using the math and looking at the numbers. You know, for a while, it was going to be a 23% reduction if, you know, by 2030. Then it was 2031, 2032. Now it's 2033 and only a 20% reduction uh, before we start you know, having to dip in even further into these trusts. Now, the problem is, as a nation, we are so underprepared for retirement. I mean, just like we talked about last segment, people are delaying it. And then you look at the numbers here that people are going to have to rely on this for half of their income. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so many. I mean, when you're in that, you're no longer in that accumulation phase. And now you're really relying on what savings you have managed to save at this point to really help 
make ends meet or and and you know so now you're really living on more of a fixed income right and and social security really has become something it really wasn't ever really intended to be and uh, you know thanks to modern medicine we're we're all living longer these days and, and so that you know, that that amount of time that you need your money to last in retirement whatever that looks like and retirement looks different for everybody but that that runway or that period of time is much longer now than yeah. what it used to be well it is i mean so i, I believe the first social security recipient was ida may fuller she was it, in the, at the time social security benefits started at 65 and it but your lifespan was at about 65 mm-hmm. she lived to 100 um, now that was the exception to the rule back then. So I'll show you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and so, but, but that's the reason I think that it's going to be so difficult to completely, you know, have this thing go away, which many are talking about. There are going to be changes that are made. You know, currently uh, in 2022, only up to 147 thousand dollars are taxed. That's actually going to go up by nine percent to 160 thousand two hundred dollars. So that's a pretty substantial mm-hmm. jump there. So you know, if you are a high income earner and you notice you get a little bit of a pay raise each year, um, that's typically one of the reasons because you don't have that 6.2% coming off of your paycheck. And, and so that's a nice bump. Now, there's also been legislation out there to talk about, okay, what what can we do to make changes? Now, there is a sort of means testing already. And so people are always concerned about, well, what if they do means testing with this? They're already doing it. Um, and so, you know, if you look at, you know, 50% of Social Security is taxed if you're making under a certain amount. Uh, if you get above 44000 so it's like, 34 to 44. If you get above 44, then 85% of it is taxable. And so that's already a portion of means testing. Um, that is something that will likely always remain. And in fact, I think what will likely change with that is they'll likely just do away with it and say, hey, look, 100% of this is going to be taxable. Um, I think when you look at what else can be done, well, just like they just raised how much income is taxable, mm-hmm. they've talked about, and I don't know where they get these numbers. Initially, uh, about two years ago, was say, okay, we're going to give you kind of a donut, so to speak. We're going to tax you up to say that 160 mark, and then we won't start taxing income again until you reach 300. Now they changed it last year, I believe, to 400 uh, was what it was in some bills. They haven't been able to get anything through. Eventually, they will because they will have to. Unfortunately, it'll be at the expense of all of us. And so these are small things that we think will likely happen, right? And so. These are what we call the back pocket taxes or phantom taxes. And most people aren't aware of them until you actually get to that stage where you're on Medicare or you're taking Social Security. And then you realize, like, wait a second, this isn't what I thought this was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think they're likely going to do away with just that income cap, you would think. That would be a really easy way. So you mentioned going to the website. We also like to uh, go Google the Social Security Actuary or at the Actuary Society Social Security game. And this is actually a pretty neat deal because you can go in and fix it in about five minutes and it'll drive you nuts because you're like, wait a second. You want to call all your politicians and, and let them know this isn't as big of a fix as you would think it is. But um, it is it, it's it's not bad. And the sooner that we do it, the better. But if we continue to delay it, I fear that, you know, we're going to see higher and higher taxes, which is why we're such advocates of, you know, understanding where you're placing money right now but also the Roth conversions, distribution strategies that go a little bit above and beyond of, of just, hey, just take it all out of you know, your, pre, your, your after-tax, let your pre-tax grow, and then start taking that in retirement when you have to take your RMDs later in life. That doesn't always make the most sense. Um, Medicare premium surcharges. Mm-hmm. So Medicare premiums are actually going to go down, which 
is nice, but are they really going down after the large increase we had last year? It, they make it seem that way, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, look, we're actually reducing your Medicare premiums for the first time in what, how long? But when you look at the conglomerate, when you look at the increase that we had prior to that, it's like, did it really decrease? Well, that's right. It went from like 148.60 to 170.10. Now it's going to actually go back down to what's the number? Like it's 166. A, it's like a take. five or six dollar yeah. decrease. So yeah, it's it's nice. Well, what they found was last year they had a huge increase because of the Alzheimer's drug, and what um so it's not this huge decline or they're not giving you some some raise they just they got you they did it double or triple time last year um and so that's part of it but that's the one thing john that i think that many people aren't aware of is the medicare surcharges um and so essentially what that means is this is means testing by the way fyi um but what they do is the more money or income that you have coming in the more you're going to pay for your Part B premiums and Part D as well. And so, you know, essentially what happens is the government subsidizes it to an extent. And when you have income coming in, they look back and do a two-year window. So they look back for two years. That's right. And so if you're 65 and you think, hey, no big deal, well, they're going to look back to see what your income was at 63, at 64, and in fact, each and every year. So this is why some it's really important to understand distribution planning, um, to understand where your funds are. I mean, I've seen people who... Um, they took, uh, I mean, even with, you know, income from uh, benefits being withheld, if you take it before uh, full retirement age from Social Security. So there is a lot of aspects to why we are such big advocates to, you know, understanding where your funds are. Yeah, just just recently, Danny, actually earlier this week, visited with a gentleman, and he's 73 years young, and he started taking his required minimum distributions last year when he turned 72. And he got his letter from the custodian where his account's at, and he said, and he called me. He said, John, this just can't be right. This this amount of money that they are telling me I need to take out of my IRA yeah. is just way too high. This just can't be right. I, and he said, I understand this correctly, that I'm going to have to pay tax on this. And then two years from now, this would affect my Medicare premiums too. And I said, yeah, you're absolutely right. So we looked at the, we looked at the calculation, and we went through it manually together. And I said, you know what? They're spot on. This is exactly the amount that you need to take out by December 31st of this year. And uh, he was just blown away. Yeah, it, it is amazing to see that in, a, in a, not a good way. Right. But so keep that in mind as you're starting to put funds aside. You know, we do get a lot of questions from our clients that are retired, um, you know, trying to help them navigate this, but also for their children, their grandchildren, you know, where would you put funds? What would you do? We're going to talk a little bit about that, but we're also going to talk about what should you expect out of an advisor and what are fees that you should be mindful of. So we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back after this quick break. you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Let's go, girls. What do women want when it comes to finances? Join Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff for a special ladies' edition Lunch and Learn, What Women Need from Social Security. Thursday, October 20th at noon. Get the most out of your Social Security benefits. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com for our next ladies' Lunch and Learn, What Women Need from Social Security. Thursday, October 20th at noon with Ratliff and Rosso. 
realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. Welcome back to the Real Investment Show. <laughs> we're waiting on you. Hey, I was waiting. <laughs> they, we're back. We are here. So don't forget, I know you guys are hearing the ads for Social Security uh, for women. I don't claim to know a lot about women. I do know a lot about Social Security. Well said. But I do know what's important for you guys. And at once, I was a man trapped in a woman's body. Really? And then I was born. I didn't know that about you. That didn't go as well as I was planning. Yeah, we got to get back to the dad jokes, Brent. Let's go, girls. Yeah, baby. We really got it going. Mm-hmm. I want to show you. I know what you want. My social security. I'm going to show you how, baby. Yeah. Going to give it all. So are you running you. this one? Yeah, baby. Going to lunch and learn you. Yeah. Mm-hmm, baby, get your name in the hat. Oh, yeah, baby. man. Realinvestmentadvice.com. It's Friday morning, y'all. Yeah, Just a little Barry White for you. Brent Clanton. Love it. So well done. Barry Clanton. Barry, Barry Clanton. Clanton. Yeah. Oh, man. That's great. So, no, seriously, go to realinvestmentadvice.com. Go sign up. We'd love to have you guys there uh, talk a little bit about, you know, what's important. What are things that are often overlooked? Um, and so that's that's one thing we want to make sure that nobody leaves any money on the table and, and how to take advantage of these things. So we're going to talk about that. That will be in, what, two weeks, Brent? It's next week. Next week. Next okay. Thursday. I yeah, will be wow. there next Thursday. October 20th, right? Yeah. That's next week already. Goodness yeah. gracious. This time is time is flying. Would you say, Brent, it's 11 Saturdays till Christmas? It's 11 Saturdays to Christmas Eve. Wow. You know, I was just at the local hardware store last weekend picking up some things for the house and all the Christmas stuff, all the holiday stuff's already out. Yeah, it's disgusting. And I'm just like, man, I'm just not, my mind just isn't there yet. I'm not ready. We're not even to Halloween yet. Yeah, it's like, at least let's get through Halloween. Uh, hey, I can see November, but, I mean, it is all out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have you is. started your, your Christmas shopping yet, no. Andy? I got two down. Two? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's better than me. Yeah. I may I may do it like the kids. Just everybody gets a note. It'll be on <laughs> construction paper, crowns. Fantastic. Hey man, inflation's getting everybody. That's right. And what I or I'll just cut out the pictures of what I was going to get them. Ooh. Let them unwrap that and I'll just say, Hey, dad's waiting for after the the after holiday. It's sale. on layaway. Christmas IOU. couponing. It's coming. But you just won't get it until February. <laughs> Hey, that's not so bad. Not so bad. So, you know, we've been getting a lot of questions about, um, in fact, so a couple things. Number one, we are hiring. So if, if you're an advisor um, looking, for a pl- looking for a home, we'd love to visit with you. But we get a lot of questions about cost. And so from potential customers, our own clients, mm-hmm. um, and other advisors, like, hey, what do you guys charge? What does this look like? Um, and it's always baffling to me, John, there's so many ways to get financial advice. There are so many ways that you can pay for it. And then, you know, what are expectations? You know, many different people operate in so many different channels or um, really just a, with the type of advice they even provide. And what people should expect. 
And I think everybody's expectations are a little bit different typically. And also everybody's kind of wheelhouse may look a little different. I tell everybody, look, when you come talk to us, expect, expect anything financial we're going to help you with. And I don't care if it's going out to, to buy a vehicle, if you're looking at, you know, just run, wanting to run some numbers or what's the best way to go do this or that. From employer benefits to your full financial plan to distribution planning to Social Security, Medicare, not just investing funds or putting together a very basic plan. I mean, this is full financial planning, and I think it's going to encompass and entail all of those things. So people often ask, like, what does that cost? So, like, we operate under a assets under management fee. Now, we do also do planning by the hour or for a, a set fee for people who aren't ready for asset management or um, just don't have access to funds. But for the most part, the majority of our business is assets under management mm -hmm. fee. Um, now, it's interesting because I've been, we talked to a lot of clients and there's something new we've, we've had to start doing as well. So we had to start doing a Department of Labor rollover checklist. And essentially this is something, it's another set of due diligence where we have to jump into your 401k or your current advisor. What are the fees that you're charged right now? Versus what are the fees that we're going to charge you? And this has really been eye-opening because some of these fees out there are just astronomical. And so let's talk about a couple of ways that, that people can do business. So we mentioned that primarily we do assets under management. Um, we start at, you know, one and a quarter and it goes down from there. Um, it is a bundled fee. And so this is a little bit different than some other places where, and that is primarily the, the, the main fee that you would encounter. If you, tr if you wire money from a custodian, the custodian is going to have their own fees. Um, there could be, a potential transaction fee, but we try to stay away from any of those. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't get any commissions or transaction fees. Uh, and I'm talking very nominal that a, a custodian would charge if you're going to go buy a mutual fund or something of that sort, which we typically stay away from. We don't own any of those um, at the moment. But, you know, I'm seeing a lot of platform fees, John, where I'm seeing, number one, advisory fees at 2%, and then they mm -hmm. start to kind of ratchet down. I'm also seeing where you're, you're paying a platform fee to the custodian, of a quarter percent, give or take, um, another advisory fee because they're having to pay a actual money manager. So I mean, you can get the, these fees can rack up pretty quick. Yeah, especially if you're and hey, every every firm, every investment firm out there has a different model as far as how they yep. how they structure this and how they work with clients, right? Um, but you, you kind of have to watch out for it. I've, I've seen that too, Danny, where it's, hey, I'm working with my advisor here, and my advisor is charging me X, but then they farm out, for lack of better words, that investment management to other third-party managers, and then those third-party managers have their own fees. So you're paying the fee there, then you're paying your advisor to kind of manage the managers, and they start to layer. And then on top of that too, I've seen too, Danny, is that for any financial planning, retirement planning, they charge extra for that too, if you're already a, an asset under management client. So all of a sudden, all these fees really start to rack up. Um, you know, a couple earlier this week, they're, they're kind of looking around at, at some different firms and uh, we had the honor to, to visit with them to talk a little bit about you know, their financial situation with them. And they found out that you know, their, their first two financial planning meetings were complimentary, but the third financial planning meeting, they started getting charged 
an additional expense for their financial planning. Just for an additional meeting. Just for the additional meeting. Make changes. Just wow. for the additional meeting. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why it's really important to understand and, and have a very clear understanding as far as what that means for you and, and what are expectations moving forward. What if you have additional questions? If you need to call, are they going to charge you for that? I mean, I've seen people get really creative with ways that um, they can make money. And, you know, there's good and bad to some of this. Some of these, these ways, I mean, we can make arguments that, hey, this could save you money if you go this route and you do it this way. Other times, it's not the case. And mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot of ways where these other, like, phantom fees, so to speak, can really catch up to you. And so, you know, if, if you have a hurdle rate of, you know, let's just say three, 2 or 3%, but you have to have another, you know, 2 or 3% on top of that just to overcome that, you know, your rate of return, the amount of risk that you have to take just to get there, that increases exponentially. And so we always want to be mindful of that when we look at the big picture and how that works. But, you know, there's a lot of other places that, you know, there's other ways where some guys operate only off of commissions. And so that structure looks a lot, a little bit differently mm-hmm. most of the time. And so they may operate off a commission where they are going to buy uh, you within a mutual fund family. Now, those mutual funds you typically see, they may say, look, if you have $250,000, we're going to give you a, a slight break point. 500 another one, 750 another one, a million dollars. You may not pay any upfront fees, but have to stay in for a period of time. And the issue I see with that typically, John, is that number one, it's great if it's if you're a buy and hold to set it and forget it, that that may not be the worst thing for you, right? Depending on the amount and what you're doing. Um, but most time most of the time, the advisors aren't nearly as proactive as what I've seen in my experience. And I've, and I've worked in many different places in the past, you know, a couple different places, and, and seen how all these play, different places can operate. So I, I've lived it firsthand. And not being under something where they're incentivized, they're typically not making changes as frequently. Hey, don't worry about it. Set it and forget it. Mm-hmm. It's as long term. But you're also typically stuck with one fund family. And if you're not and you're paying transaction fees, that may not have been the right thing for you to do because now you've paid a higher fee over here, a higher fee over here. I mean, I've seen that sometimes where, you know, you see somebody who's just under all the breakpoints. And so the advisor got paid really nicely. This is, you know, gives us all a bad name. But it wasn't the best thing for you because you paid more to get in these funds. But you can make that argument, John, where, you know, one fund family may be really good at one part of the equation, but not as good as on the other. Yeah. And what I see too, a lot when it comes to mutual fund investing, and again, hey, nothing wrong with mutual funds. They can work very well for the right client in the right situation. And sometimes, especially in a lot of employee, you know, in qualified retirement plans, your mutual funds are typically, you know, kind of your, kind of your main menu of options yeah, to use. That's what you have. But what I notice is when, when I review statements for, for folks where their accounts are elsewhere, and it really is more of a mutual fund based account, the, I feel that the advisor there has not done a good job educating that client on what a mutual fund A share is or a B share or what a C share and what the differences are. That is yeah. not a ranking system. Yeah. That, it's not a grade. It's just telling you how you're going to pay your commissions. That's exactly right. So, hey, we're going to talk about this more here in the future because we do get a lot of questions on this. We think it's important that you guys understand the different ways that, you know, that advisors get paid. And I want to talk a little bit more here soon about what you should be expecting out of an advisor, the questions you should be asking or, or you know, what's off limits or on limits. I would really say there's pretty much everything. You know, it, it, it's nothing's off limits. So anyways, hey, hope everybody has a great weekend. Enjoy yourself. Stay safe. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon. You're listening to The Real Investment Show.